Welcome to Leash Connects Podcasts, where we explore a wide range of lifestyle topics with the dedicated people who are there to support you in your community in the wonderful county of Leash. So my guests today are Michelle Baker. Michelle is a health promotion officer with the HSC. Michelle's work involves encouraging and enabling people to increase control over their physical and mental health through the delivery of health education, training programs and health promotion initiatives. And we also have Fanola Colgan. Fanola is a development officer with Mental Health Ireland based in the Midlands. Fanola has extensive experience working in mental health promotion, working alongside voluntary and statutory agencies and is a strong advocate for personal development and self-care. Guys, you're both very welcome. So today's podcast is going to be around the area of gratitude or even the power of gratitude. So maybe it'd be nice to explore how the practice of gratitude can protect our overall health and well-being and our mental health and well-being. Just even to discuss, like, what is it? How does it help? And then, like, what are the steps we can take today on a sort of day-to-day basis to help us become more grateful in our, in our daily lives? So that's the type of area that I think we could talk around. But maybe to start Fanola, I'm curious to know, you know, from your perspective, why does looking after our mental health matter? Why is it important for us today, do you think? So mental health, Anthony, is important for us all on a daily basis because we all have mental health. And mental health, when we talk about mental health, sometimes there's misperceptions and misunderstanding about it. And often people think perhaps that mental health is about mental illness and depression and anxiety. But really, mental health is about our well-being. It's how we're coping, how we're meeting the challenges of the day. I suppose a kind of a good word for it is resilience. So when we build up resilience to deal with setbacks, disappointments, we're strengthening our mental health. Lots of definitions about mental health, but kind of a general take on it will be that mental health is about coping. It's about dealing with the everyday stresses. It's about, I suppose, just getting up and meeting the day and taking on those challenges. And mental health is going to mean different things to different people, but it has to do with the health of our mind and the health of our mind impacts on so much else in our outlook in life. Is it more important for us today, though, compared to maybe previous times to look after our mental health? I hold the view, Anthony, that mental health is important at any stage or how we look engaged with our mental health on a daily basis is about reaffirming ourselves and that there's no time where we need mental health more than another. We actually need to engage with how we're looking after ourselves and how we're looking after our mental health. I don't know that all down through the centuries, like I recall reading there some time ago where Lauren Galis Wilder wrote in her diaries about people being very busy, moving around, hardly time to stop and say hello. And you look at that and that was written in 1924. And here we are almost in 2024 with the same kind of attitude about life, the same kind of challenges. It's relative to who you are, where you are on the day. And so it's timeless then? I think mental health is timeless and we all need it and we all need to protect it. When we talk about then protecting our mental health and looking after our mental health, like what type of things should we be doing to look after our mental health, in, in your view? My view is mental health can be impacted by worry. So if a person is worried, feeling anxious, feeling stressed, they've got to get out there and talk about it and open up the conversation. I'm not feeling well. So to get the support and guidance that perhaps they need, 
But also mental health isn't just about the health of your mind, as I was saying earlier on. It's also about how are you looking after your physical health? Because when we mind our physical health, get a good night's sleep, eating a healthy diet, eating on a regular basis, taking regular rest, engaging in exercise. We're protecting our mental health in that way as well. Mental health is about our overall well-being. So your lifestyle, then, your, so lifestyle, you're saying your lifestyle. Yeah. And recognising there are going to be days you're very busy and to be able to slow down and say, I need to relax. I need to give myself some time. And whatever it is, you know, develop a hobby, develop an interest. Where does gratitude then fit in, Michelle, in terms of looking after our mental health? Anthony, just firstly, maybe to look at gratitude in terms of positive emotions, because positive emotions, we need to experience and have a reserve of positive emotions, because this gives us, Fanola talked there about resilience, but this gives us the ability to be able to bounce back from the curveballs and hardships that life throws at us, because we know if we live and love in this world, we will be throwing lots of curveballs and challenges. So in order to improve our psychological well-being uh, and resilience, and I suppose what we need to do then is to build on the, how we experience positive emotions and to build on positive emotions. Because if you look at positive emotions versus negative emotions, I suppose make up how we're feeling at the moment, our mindset. The important thing is to experience positive emotions such as joy. You know, how often do we experience joy? How often do we experience interest? How often do we experience awe? I was just talking to somebody yesterday even they were saying they were out near the lake and apparently there's a lot of um, sort of dew and fog at the moment and they were just saying, oh my gosh, it was the most beautiful, wonderful thing I've ever seen. And that to me was saying that's all. And again, you know, that's one of the things that builds up positive emotions. So having these positive emotions really is like a psychological capital that we have, that we can draw on it when we need it. So the more we build on it, the more reserve we'll have. And I suppose we need to invest in it because investing in these positive emotions is an investment really in our present and, and in the future. So are you saying we should seek out the experiences that trigger these emotions? Absolutely. And really that's where gratitude comes in. So what gratitude is, it's an emotion expressing appreciation for what one has, events that have happened or experiences that you feel, presence or actions of others. We'll often hear people saying, and especially old people, I'm really counting my blessings. So it's really look at what's blessing you rather than what's stressing you. So in positive psychology research, gratitude is consistently associated with greater happiness, improved health, building of stronger relationships. For me, when I use gratitude, I see it as a way and a means of retrieving positive memories and being thankful of past and present blessings. And very often, you know, when the mood might be dipped or the mood might be low or you're facing a lot of challenges, sometimes you can kind of, I suppose, flip the script or say, Okay, so what am I grateful for? And straight away that will sort of change your perspective and look at, well, you know, what's going good in my world? Sometimes we can have a sense of entitlement about us, you know, that we feel that what we're getting, we're entitled to. When you practice gratitude, you see everything as a gift. The gift of your sight, the gift of your hearing, the gift of running water, the gift of fresh air, the gift of friendship, family, friends. The list is endless, really, when we start. But very often we take this for granted. And we should really, if we were to practice gratitude in its entirety, we should be able to wake up every morning and look at all around us that we can be grateful for. Being a grateful person is accepting life as a gift and to appreciate everything that has been given you and to use gratitude and gratefulness as a way of life. Sometimes we only use it after maybe a visit to a hospital or when we experience or see something really tragic. We then use the words and you'll often hear people, oh, thank God for my health. You know, oh, some people really yeah. suffer. We really should be thinking all the time, I am so grateful for everything that I have. You know? Are you saying even if, if you're experiencing, say, something stressful or even through a stressful period in your life, you should prioritise stepping back and start to think about the things that are going right in your life? First of all, Anthony, I suppose just to say that gratitude should not in any way deny feelings of loss, 
trauma or sadness that we will all experience in our life from time to time. But it's simply disciplining ourselves to not devote mental energy towards them when unnecessary. Because very often if we continuously and ongoing devote this mental energy towards all that's not going well in our life, you know, we can become very stuck and it doesn't serve us well. And, you know, and that's not to say that if you're going through trauma loss, that you deny that you don't, you go through it, that there will come a time when you begin to look at, well, what's going well in my life? And sometimes that's very often a road to recovery for people who may be experiencing severe forms of stress or trauma. It's to flip it and look at all that's going well. I suppose with gratitude, Anthony, it can become a way of life. It can become very much a way of thinking. Because what happens is good moments very often passes by in life without truly celebrating them and holding on to them and savouring them. You know, we're wonderful at spending enormous amounts of time complaining about all that's wrong in our world. You know, we can spend hours, weeks, days talking about all that's wrong. And we need that. We need to be able to do that. You know, I'm not at all saying that, you know, we shouldn't complain. We have to, because sometimes we have that safety valve that we have to release from time to time. But if it becomes our default, that that's where we get stuck all the time, it doesn't serve us well because it doesn't serve this building up of negative emotions. They're not really good to draw from in times of need and, you know, in, in times of challenge. Can I ask, maybe Fanola, just in your experience working across the communities, are we more likely to be grateful versus or more likely to likely to be, say, critical. Yeah, I'm very interested in what Michelle has just been saying there. And it makes for a lot of good common sense. And I like the kind of the balance as well, that there are going to be moments where we may struggle with that gratitude. And I think that's also part and parcel of life, that we have to live with the dull moments, the challenging moments. And often what's happening, I think, is that we're kind of Influctuated with very positive images of happiness, success. And then what happens is, oh, that person is, is successful. I'm not. And then they kind of measure out their happiness, don't they, Michelle? Yes. And, and then they begin to feel, well, maybe I'm not so successful and they devalue themselves. And it's by kind of that inward kind of standing back and saying, what is it? It's not about being over the top about gratitude. It's about kind of less is more, the simple things that will sustain us. And a kind of a favourite quotation of mine is every day may not be good, but there's something good in every day. Okay. It's from an American historian. And there's a lot of sense in that and that when we are and if we wake up and we have a bit of a worry, say, well, what's going to be good for me today? What might work well for me? What went well yesterday? And we can restore that balance. It's not to say you can deny and bury your head in the sand that I had a difficult situation there. And I like your word there as well, Finola, to devalue. We very often can devalue where we're at or what's going on for us. or So it affects our self-esteem, it affects our self-confidence. And we all know that comparison is the thief of joy. So that if we're comparing ourselves to what others have, very often that can lead us to, I suppose, that sense of I don't have abundance. In fact, we have abundance. We have enough of everything. And, you know, we're very much, I suppose, living in the whole world of social media, especially, I suppose, for young people as well, where, you know, they're looking at somebody always at their best on social media. Mm. If you're comparing themselves, you're going to think, oh, she looks so much better than I do. or She has so Mm. much, a much better time than I'm having. With, I suppose, gratitude, it's about sort of saying, look, what's good in my world? What can I be grateful for? And you can start off with, you know, the most simple thing that you're yeah. grateful can for. Can I just to add to that, Michelle, in that the ironic thing is, and I often find this, is that when people are drawing that comparison and putting somebody up at a pedestal, they're often forgetting that somebody else could be looking at them and saying, 
I had a kind of a, a live experience of that. I'd been away on a particular holiday with a couple of my kids and they put pictures up on Facebook. Something came back, God, Fanola, you're having a great time. And I'm thinking, these people think I'm living a life of holidays. They don't realise I also have difficulties. I just felt my friends and people were thinking, I don't have any worries, I don't have any concerns. And I'm thinking, that's just one part of me. That um, when we draw that comparison, and I like that concept, like it's the thief of... Of value really isn't it when you devalue yourself and put somebody else up on a pedestal. Is that a mistake then we make as human beings is that we do compare ourselves to other people? I suppose everybody will be different on that really but I think we probably do because we're probably looking for a baseline what's the norm here what you yeah. know what should I be doing yeah. what's expected of me and it's about expectations as well and certainly I suppose just looking at positive mental health expectations and sort of what we expect from life and what we expect life to offer is going to have a major effect on our mental well-being. And sometimes, Anthony, we can, you know, we can have our expectations sky high. And then when they don't work out to how we thought they would work out, yeah. it can be very, very disappointing. It can devalue us. It can, you know, shatter our, our confidence, shatter our self-esteem. I have a friend, and this is just a simple example of expectations. Yeah. Um, and I suppose expectations of events as well, how we think things should pan out. I have a friend who looks forward to Christmas and she has it up at ceiling level what Christmas should be like. Um, and she talks about it nonstop. And I remember one time coming back to work and say, how did Christmas go? Oh, it was just all right. I didn't enjoy it. But again, if you have your expectations up at a level, whereas I think if you can, you know, relax and say it will be what it will be. I won't have any expectations. Let me just enjoy, you know, every moment of it rather than it feeling that it should be this, you know, outlandish, fantastic um, event. It is a lovely celebration um, and it is a lovely time, but sometimes we can put, and that's just one example of the mm. expectations that we can put on ourselves. And it puts pressure on ourselves, you know, to be, to perform what it should be. Yeah. I think that can kind of come in too to sports and teams and inevitably where you have competition, you've got a winner and a loser. And that, but what's really important is about the engagement. And maybe sometimes people get expectations mixed up with their goals. And I'm a firm believer in having set expectations, set goals, but to keep a kind of an, a level about that, that I mightn't just quite get the actual goal that I've set out to do but think about all you've achieved in getting there and the influence you may have had on a person and I think this impacts on people's lives as school kids as adults maybe people in the workplace might feel I'm not succeeding because I'm not getting promotion but you know there's an awful lot of people there quite happy very successful at the level they're working may not necessarily want the responsibilities of managing people and resources but still being effective you know but if people start measuring each other and that way, then they're going to, I think, underestimate their own sense of well-being, their own mental health. And it might lead them down to a road of maybe anxiety, maybe stress, not sleeping at night and possibly even depression. Depression can be quite normal, but people get themselves into a bad route, really. But there's always recovery from that with the right attitude and the right supports and, and the right talk and, and so on. Anthony, I think. In, in terms of gratitude then, Michelle, like, what are the things that I should be doing each day if I want to start practising gratitude more? So the thing about gratitude is, it's, it's, you know, it's like any muscle that we begin to use. The more you use it, the stronger it will become. And really with gratitude, it's about spending time every day scanning for all that has been good in your world. And that might be, you know, however small that is. So that every day we should look, well, what happened today that was really nice? 
The way we can express gratitude is to write it down. So this will help reinforce the feeling by writing it down. And we see it in black and white and there's power in words. So writing it down will help us to feel and fully enjoy the moment. And it also extends our positive experience. What I find helpful is, and again, what research would say is to keep a gratitude journal and really, you know, to set aside five or 10 minutes each day at regular times and just look back at the last 24 hours and write down all that you've been grateful for. It's more than just writing it down. Um, it's about feeling it and it's about getting back to that positive emotion. How, you know, how has that made you feel joyful or happiness? What has it brought you? Try and get in touch with that feeling that that, that you know, that the gratitude is, is bringing you. So kind of reimagine them, reimagine how they made you feel emotionally. So that, that's for adults to write it down is, is, is very, very helpful. Sometimes people use gratitude jars as well. So it's really, you know, for children, they may use prefer to use a nicely decorated gratitude jar just to pop their feelings of gratitude and appreciation for what life has offered them into it. Sometimes people look at it then on sometimes people build it up for for a year and look back at it over the year. And, you know, if you have one thing you're grateful for every day, you're going to have 365 things you're grateful for at the end of the year. Okay. You know, so it's a lovely, lovely way of looking at it. And again, it will kind of certainly boost your self-esteem and it will boost. Look, there's a lot of really nice things happening in the world. Sometimes we can see the world as a bad place. Sometimes we can see it as a really good place. I think if we're trying to reinforce the whole gratitude experience, we're going to see the world as a really, really good place. And we're going to look at it from a different lens. And especially old people used gratitude a lot. They didn't necessarily have the term, but mm. they used it all the time. You know, they were very often thanking Mm. Yeah, it's also great. kind of as well, Michelle, I'm just thinking there, like uh, somebody I know broke her arm, uh, broke her shoulder. And do you know what, Finola, she said it could have been worse. And I'm kind of thinking what could be worse than breaking your shoulder? But we tend to do that in our society, don't we? We always say, God, it could have been worse. Yeah. And it's almost like a kind of a it's almost kind of a self coping mechanism to say, well, it could have been so much worse yeah. and, and to kind of get on with it. And and that say, Anthony, so. And I think that's a wonderful phrase to have. Yeah. It could have been worse. worse. Once yeah. it comes from ourselves <laughs> yeah, and yeah. we have that sort of a, yeah. an ability to actually yeah. say that it could be worse. Yeah. What's good about this situation? Yeah. Mind you, when somebody else says it to you, it could be worse. You could fly off Ouch. to hell. <laughs> it can really, really <laughs> hurt. You know? That's what I was just thinking. But, yeah. Thanks very much, but it's yeah, my yeah, pain, yeah. not yours. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, if you can have yeah. that kind of an internal dialogue with yourself to be able to look at this, it yeah. could be worse. It's the thinking through of the things that you appreciate or that you're grateful for, that triggers the emotion. And is the emotion then that's the protective factor when it comes to your or mental health. Is that, am I saying that correctly? Absolutely. So really, I suppose what it's about, if you could imagine that it's like a bank account, okay, that your your mind is kind of like a bank account and you're constantly building up savings in it, kind of investing in it so that you have a reserve of positive emotions. So that when things get tough, that you have something to draw from. Because if you've looked at life very negatively all the time and have had a lot of negative emotions and then when things get really, really tough, you can have very little reserve to draw from. Okay. You know, so it's about having that positive reserve. It'll help to pull you through the challenges and the difficulties of life. Yeah. It's like the old, um, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. Yeah, and it is kind of that. And and that's not saying you've life perfect or life is excellent for you, but you're recognising I have a barrier here, I have a hurdle to get over. And you know what? It's I have to do it because, like, if I have the headache, if I have the broken leg, if I have to sleep this night, it's me that has it and it's me that has to resolve that and find some way of recovering from that situation. And I suppose really what, what the practice of gratitude, what it does is it draws attention to what life is offering us rather than what life is denying us. 
Because very often we look at what life is denying us. Yeah. I wish I had. Yeah. I wish I did. But sometimes if we just change the lens, what is life offering me? There's nobody that doesn't have something offering them in life. I came across some of the most resilient people who've had really, really challenging, painful times in their life and they're still the most grateful people. Again, that kind of, I suppose what it is, it's it's sort of, it's, it's a different perspective. It's how we look at things. And again, you know, I suppose if we, if we are able to, to repeat as a way of life in where we're grateful for, we can change our mindset from one of, of, of scarcity to abundance. You know, rather than, than looking at what, you know, what the scarcity in my life and look at it abundance. I have enough. Most of us have enough. So that's a case then of me taking time out on a regular basis to think about what it is that I have, to be able to even to write it down and then to read back and reflect on the things that I have. Yeah, there's a good strategy uh, in terms of health promotion and mental health and well-being is the five ways to well-being. And the essence of it was developed and evolved out of the economic crisis going back into 2009. And it's got a revitalisation because basically how it came about was the New Economic Foundation in the UK looked at what helps people to stay well? And they looked at all the physical stuff. And then they said, what does a community need? What does a family need? What does society need to sustain its well-being in terms of mental health? So they came up with these five, after massive research, connect, be active, take notice, keep learning and give. And they're not in any order of priority. And a lot of the link into what Michelle has just spoken about and the questions you've raised. But you see, people can become disconnected because of their not feeling good about themselves. So if they look at the connecting, we can be active in very many different ways. It doesn't have to be like a four minute mile or anything like that. Just get out there, take in the... Michelle was talking about her friend down by the lake, taking all of that in, taking the notice. The give, often we think of giving as giving something to somebody and we've, we do that and we're a very good society for that. But you can't give yourself time out as well and to give yourself acknowledgement, give yourself appreciation of all that what you've done. And that's part of the gratitude as Michelle has spoken about. One of my favourite ones to keep learning. You know, life is a journey, it's a, it's a journey of learning and there's so many opportunities out there through our local libraries, to our adult education boards, programmes that we ourselves deliver in Mental Health Ireland, the Health Promotion Department, the HSE has excellent community programmes as well. And it's about us all kind of linking into those. So if people can think of the five ways, one for each finger, connect, be active, take notice, keep learning and give. And at the end of the day, build that into their gratitude and kind of solidifies it, doesn't it, Michelle? Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose with mental health, it's something we have to work hard on. Probably better at working on our physical health, but we need to work hard on our mental health as well. Earlier, Finola, you talked about, you know, the supports that are out there. But it's about maybe taking ownership of our own mental health as well Mm. and practicing self-care. Sometimes we're not as hot on self-care as we should be. About the five ways to well-being that Finola mentioned, but building those into your life, making them a habit. We can advise people about how to do it, but we need to ensure that we bring that back to ourselves and that we actually do that ourselves. You know, and to look very often at the five ways to say, well, what am I doing about this? What am I doing about connecting? What am I doing about being active? To really see that there's an inbuilt program there to take care of yourself, Mm. because you know, we do have a lot of responsibility for ourselves and our mental health is very, very important and it makes us who we are. It's hard work some of the time to really take care of it, but we have to prioritise it. We have to prioritise mm. self-care. We, you know, we really do. Does giving thanks, so you use the word give, yeah. in does giving thanks with so the practice of gratitude, do you think that makes our lives much easier? The same challenges will be out there. 
the same struggles, the same difficulties will be out there. But practicing gratitude helps bolster our psychological immunity. It helps bolster that. It leaves a reserve there for us to draw from. And yes, we can gain more pleasure from life if we practice gratitude. If we use the five ways to well-being, we can certainly gain more pleasure from life. And you know what's nice about it all, um, Michelle, is gratitude can be free. It's like what you just said there, kind of have it as a deposit and to be able to draw on it. And I know there will be moments like when a person feels disconnected, feels they're, they're not in a great place. But then if they can think, you know, if you can look at it like a balance, on the one hand, you have risk factors. On the other hand, you have the protective factors. So lots of risk factors in life to our mental health. But what's my protective factor? And back to what Michelle has just been speaking to us about and sharing her thoughts on the whole notion of gratitude. What can I be grateful for? And it's not about being pious. It's not about platitudes. It's about, do you know what? What resources have I got now to counteract that risk factor, say, rather than letting the risk factor outweigh the protective factor? Yeah, yeah and gratitude is really a massive yeah. protective factor to our well-being and mental health. And I suppose with, with gratitude as well, there's a lot of, you know, so-called brain science behind it as well, mm. because, you know, the ongoing and continuous practice of it, it enhances the, the release of serotonin, dopamine, similar to, you know, to what you spoke about phenol in terms yeah. of the physical activity. Again, they all release sort of positive feel-good hormones. They're naturally occurring hormones that, that are there and that need to be released. And, this, you know, some of our practices will help the release of, such as, you know, the, the be active, the connecting, the practice of gratitude. And these will enhance our mood immediately, which is very reassuring that they can enhance our mood immediately and feel good from the inside. I'm a parent, so I've got three small boys. What could I do as a parent to help teach my boys to become more grateful? I think maybe to give a scenario, you know, you're picking your children up from school and very often we can say, how did school go today? Hmm. We might be looking for what didn't go well in school. Very often we as parents can do that. We want to be the good parent. Yeah. You know, well, I want to hear what's going on in your life. And sometimes, and we need to do that sometimes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. But sometimes we can flip that a little bit and say, tell me three good things that happened in school today that made you feel good. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. So again, it's that scanning. It's encouraging children to scan, to begin to look for, well, what went well? What was good? What made me feel good? So again, it's about flipping. So that's a good way as parents trying to encourage children to be to be grateful and even sitting down at the dinner table. Can you tell me two things you're grateful for today? Can you tell me one thing that you're grateful today for today? It can change the conversation. And very often if we're doing this on a continuous basis, we will begin to scan. So if you can train the young mind to do that, yeah. you know, from a very young age, you know, it's certainly very, very helpful. We know people that are full of gratitude. They might know the term, but they're full of gratitude. You know, I'm delighted that went so well. It's fantastic. And we also know people that tend not to look at all that they're grateful for. And there's a bit of that in all of us, isn't there? You know? I think you have to have a kind of a balance as well, like yeah. to allow, because things aren't always going to go smooth either. And, and it's also kind of back to what we were set out in the conversation at the start, that people are measuring their happiness, their success against other people. Potentially, they might say, I'm failing and they're missing the point. What's important is you've generated conversation. And if things haven't gone so well for today, why was that? And what did you do about it? And it's about encouraging problem solving. And a certain amount of life and the journey of life is about problem solving. It's about recovery, regaining and kind of reaffirming ourselves as well. So there's no, it's a bit like Alice's journey into the underworld. And she had a great journey, but she came out and she wanted, she didn't want to stay there forever. And she brought out all her life experiences with her, say, so. I get in a sense that 
gratitude then can bring a sense of contentment yeah. to a person. Would that be fair to say, Michelle? Yeah, absolutely. And really, I think we often hear the word happiness and the quest for happiness yes, and yeah. that we should be happy all the time. Yeah. I love that word that you used, Anthony, contentment. Mm-hmm. That word speaks volumes. Just being content. And what does content mean? Power of the moment. Yes, the power of the moment, being in the moment, being grateful for what you have. Even when saying it, I feel the pressure been lifted off me. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You settle down into this. Yeah. yeah things will be grand. Things yeah. will be And that is it. And you know, grand is one of the most positive words in our, I suppose, our emotional language. I'm grand. What does that say to you? Well, I'm happy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, things are yeah. grand. Things are going grand. There's a sense of contentment about that. And that's because maybe you built that kind of awareness, that gratitude. I think it's a great word. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. A powerful word. And it's kind of yeah. content with your lot. happy with your lot they're the i suppose the phrase that comes to mind when you use the word content yeah and again it is very much about changing the perspective you know looking at things differently and sometimes that can bring contentment the simple things guys thank you so much for coming in to talk with us today thank you thank you for listening i hope you enjoyed our conversation and i look forward to your next podcast till then slong go foil